what God is doing among moderate Muslims right now is many of them are coming to Christ because they're seeing this awful face of radical Islam. Are we going to raise up the next generation of Americans only to fight militarily against radical Islam? Or will we also raise up the next generation of Americans to be willing to go die to reach them for Christ? If you've turned on the news recently, you've seen some horrible things. Christians brutally beheaded, even a man being burned to death by radical Islamic terrorists. As Christians, how do we respond to these things? Do we cower in fear? Or do we respond with the gospel message, viewing these earthly battles through the lens of eternity? There's another side to the story of what's happening in the Middle East, a side you're not seeing on the evening news. It's the story of what God is doing behind the scenes, even in the most difficult places on earth. We'll hear that exciting part of the story and learn how VOM is serving believers in these areas this week on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. Welcome to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. We're in our studio today with Cole Richards. Uh, Cole leads our international work for VOM around the world. Uh, He's been working with VOM for eight years, uh, came to us out of a background both as a military officer uh, as well as working in missions and ministry uh, before he started here at VOM. Cole, welcome to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you, Todd. It's a privilege to talk about our work overseas. I want to start with the question, when when I say persecuted Christian, what face comes into your mind? Because I think uh, for each of us who work here and have traveled, there's somebody who, when you say that, that's who we see. Who is that person for you? I love that question because it's not an issue to me, and it shouldn't be an issue to any of us. It should be the precious faces of our brothers and sisters. And I worked the most in the Middle East. So... Truly, when someone says persecuted Christian, I usually am thinking of underground house church leaders in Iran that I've known and had close association with, our Arab brothers and sisters in places like Iraq and Syria. But yeah, it's very personal to me. What is the thing that you most admire about those those brothers and sisters? When you think of them, when you picture them, what's the thing that you think, wow, uh, it's really amazing. It's really a privilege that I get to know these people. I really appreciate their eternal perspective. The fact that they wake up in the morning looking to make a difference for God's eternal kingdom and the freedom that they have from the cares of this world, the desire of their heart being somehow more pure and more focused on what really counts for eternity instead of being caught up in the cares of this world and the busyness of things that are only, or that only matter in today instead of eternity. I want to start there because we're going to talk some numbers, and we're going to talk about 2014 and and projects and what Voice of the Martyrs did, Uh, but I want our listeners to start out with people because, uh, you know, we talk numbers, but each one of those numbers represents 
a face and a name and a child of God that we're serving and that we're partnering with. So uh, that's why we start there. Uh, let's talk about our work overseas. This is the work that you lead for Voice of the Martyrs. Uh, we had a great year in 2014. Uh, when you look back on that, what are some of the things that you're most excited about or most proud of that we were able to accomplish with the persecuted church last year? The numbers are staggering, really, the impact that God's allowed us to have. And something that sticks out to me is that, again, last year, we tangibly benefited more than four million of our precious brothers and sisters on the world's most difficult frontiers. But I'm always concerned with these kind of statistics because each one of those is a precious individual. But it's really staggering and humbling to think that together as a ministry team and with our donors and readers, everyone who's praying, everyone who's giving, everyone who's going, that we've touched more than four million of our precious brothers and sisters last year. When you say four million people, uh, those are people we can count. What, is, what needs to happen in order for someone to fall in that, in that group of people? These really are our brothers and sisters. It's important for us to remember the lost, the people who need to hear the gospel, and we pray that they'll respond. And so that's the greater work of evangelism. But here at Voice of the Martyrs, we are engaged with our brothers and sisters, so each of these four million people is a part of the church in these difficult places. They're people who are standing for Christ. They're advancing his kingdom. They're taking great risks. They're all paying a price to do this on literally the world's most difficult missions frontiers. Let's talk some statistics. What are some of the numbers when we talk about projects and Bibles and things that Voice of the Martyrs did last year? What are some of the numbers? We were active in 68 countries. And we accomplished over 1,300 projects. Each of those projects is very tailored and distinct. Some of those helped one persecuted Christian or a family, the family of a prisoner, someone who's been kicked out of their home and needed to be relocated, or someone who needed a Bible. And some of those projects helped literally hundreds of thousands of people by equipping them to evangelize and disciple, by providing Bibles to them, uh, all these different ways. With over 1,300 projects in 68 countries, it's quite a work. Now, that work was done by a team of 49 field leaders that we have. It's a multinational team of field staff that represent 26 different nationalities and are based in 24 countries. How do we find these people? Uh, because I, I'm always, when our international staff is together, I'm always amazed uh, at the quality and the diversity and the way God brings people at just the right time for just the right work. How do you go about recruiting and, and finding these people to work alongside us? For us to be who we are, we have to be the servants of the persecuted believers. That always includes a relationship. So our heart is to make a strong relationship with the native church in these places. Out of that strong relationship, we can find the ways to serve them. And so that's what this is all about. It's about us having people on the team who can create those deep relationships to where we're truly standing together, that there's unity in the body of Christ in that sense. And then in that way, we're bridging the body of Christ in these very difficult places to the body of Christ here in the U.S. And that's a wonderful activity, but that's the, the essential piece of it is that strong relationship. 
You're listening to Todd Nettleton on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. I want to shift gears a little bit and, and talk specifically about the Middle East and the rise of, of radical Islam. And, uh, you know, we turn on the news and we hear about ISIS, we hear about Iraq, we hear about Syria. What does that mean, though, to Christians who are there, uh, the, the Christians who are in Syria, the Christians who are in Iraq, when uh, ISIS is growing and when they're taking more territory, how does that affect, in a very real, practical way, our family who's there? We're really working to fill in the gaps in people's understanding of what's happening today in these places. And the gaps exist because people watch the nightly news and they see all these terrible things that are happening. And that's true, but it's only part of the truth. And the other part of the truth, what God's doing in the midst of this, glorifies him and is very powerful. And by the way, those are the things that have eternal value and lasting value compared to the nightly news situations, which are really about this temporal world. So what's exciting is that when we go to these most difficult places, the places where our brothers and sisters are, are truly suffering, we go and have relationship with them and we see what God's doing through them and in their hearts. And when we see that, God is really glorified in that way. And we can start to recognize different ways that he's active, uh, which really fill in that, that gap in our understanding. And it keeps us from being discouraged because our brothers and sisters are not, even in the midst of their deepest suffering, they are not overly discouraged because they have the eternal perspective. I think that's one of the things that is most amazing to me is when you go and meet with Christians who have suffered for their faith, they have an incredible sense of joy uh, that, as you say, from an earthly perspective, it doesn't even make sense. How, how could you possibly have a smile on your face, uh, and yet they do that? You've seen that in the Middle East. Tell us about some of those believers who, who really exemplify that quality. I just got back from northern Iraq, and in northern Iraq, I spent my whole time on that trip having direct communication, partnership, working together with believers who have literally lost everything. And I've been in several settings like that in which people have been driven out of their homes, their homes have been stolen or burned, churches lost, all their possessions lost. So the big question is, what next? And what we see is that strong believers in these settings, they pray, they get with the Lord, and the Lord shows them what really counts and they are automatically focused on what counts for eternity because they've already lost everything that's tied them to this, this world. And so the, we encounter the unexpected in the sense that you find these people who are going through the ultimate suffering, and what that's led them to is to be more active and more focused in the work of the ministry. So I think we always imagine that people who have lost everything are these completely discouraged uh, people who can benefit from what we can provide them. We, we find that, sure, it's difficult, but we also find people who have been completely refocused on God's eternal agenda as a, as a part of this process and are joyfully serving him, though they've just lost everything. When you come back from a trip like that, uh, you come back to your own family, how does that affect you? When you get home and and you have a house that's still standing, and you're still allowed to live there. Uh, when you get to be back with your family, what 
What do you bring back from a trip like that? What sticks out to me is that I want to be a part of what God's doing in these places. And I want to be a part of that with my brothers and sisters who are serving there. It's not an obligation. It's not, oh, I feel so sorry for them. It's not that I pity them. It's that I literally want to join with them because I see how they're focused on the Lord and on his eternal kingdom and on what counts most despite their ultimate suffering. And so it becomes easy to set aside some of the cares of the world that really entangle us here in the U.S., but it's a constant difficulty, even for me. There's just so much about our lives here in the U.S. There's so much we've bought into in a sense of the, the things we're supposed to care so much about that only count in this world. And our brothers and sisters have a lot to teach us in that way. They have a lot to give us in terms of showing us what a real eternal perspective looks like. Let's talk about about radical Islam, and I know you've been thinking about this and, and writing about it, working on a book project that will be out later this year, uh, working on a film project on your trip to Iraq. You know, we see ISIS, we see them murdering Americans, we see them even burning someone to death. Um, how are we supposed to respond to that uh, as Americans, as Christians? Because I think I think the natural response, one, is fear. Wow, those people are incredibly evil and they're doing terrible things. I'm afraid of that. But how how should we respond or how should we think about uh, radical Islam that we see in the Middle East? My favorite Richard Wormbrand quote, quote is that Jesus never hated or feared anyone. So it's very easy, and it's the, our human nature to hate and to fear those who are our enemies. And we have a real enemy with radical Islam. That's absolutely correct. But yet we read in Scripture about forgiving our enemies, Christ instructing us to pray for those who persecute us, to bless and not curse them. And I think in the U.S. we've always read these passages and really applied them in less compelling ways in our lives or wondered what it meant at all. And so what we find when we go into these places where our brothers and sisters are going through the ultimate suffering and triumphing over that through the power of Christ and commitment to him, we see them applying the scripture in, in new ways, in very powerful ways. And we want to capture that. We want to be their voice. We want to bring the faith and the witness of our brothers and sisters in these places back to the U.S. so Christians here in the U.S. can be a part of that and learn from it, honestly, and be uh, really touched by being part of this great family that is the body of Christ. So our media is aimed at that. It's not our opinion as American missions leaders. It's really us capturing the thoughts, the faith, the voice of our brothers and sisters in these areas. And yes, we're working on a book project that should come out this summer, the book will help American Christians take the things that they know to be true from watching the news and that they know to be true of the suffering of our brothers and sisters and all these difficulties that exist in our the new geopolitical um, arena that we find ourselves in, which is very disturbing. Of course it is. But to help take that and all put it into a eternal and biblical context 
And that's, that's very powerful, and it's done, again, not through our opinions, but through the eyes and the perspective of our brothers and sisters who are living this out. They're living and serving God in the very places where this difficulty happens. We're also working on a film series, the first episode, which will be the Iraqi Christians. And in this film, coming again this summer, our, the viewer will get to experience our brothers and sisters in Iraq firsthand. You'll see their faces, you'll hear their voices talking about what they've just gone through, what it means to them, how their walk with the Lord is, and what God's doing in the midst of all this difficulty. You're listening to Todd Nettleton on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. What are some of the themes uh, of that book project as far as what you want American Christians to take away from that? What are some of the the overarching themes or, or the points that you're hoping that you'll plant in people's heads as they read? There are really two unhelpful ideas that are out in across America right now. One is people who really want to grasp the reality of how very bad radical Islam is and to sound an alarm about that. And that's absolutely true. And then the other side of it are people who can be somehow dismissive of those difficulties in an effort to really love or win Muslims. Now, loving and winning Muslims for Christ, even radical Muslims, is absolutely critical. But it's also critical to understand reality and what's going on. And we think that people are really having a hard time harmonizing those, those two things, those two viewpoints, either pretending that the problem of radical Islam isn't much of a problem or being overwhelmed by the problem and going into hatred or fear. What our book project will do is it will show at an accessible level to an average reader, an average Christian in America, how they can make sense of the situation to really understand what's happening and its root causes. And part of that is the fact that as Christians, we clearly say Islam is false. It's a religion that will not lead you to a life-giving relationship with God. It will not lead you to salvation, which is only found in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So we, we start there. And then we give a context for how to view the entire Islamic world, which is not completely radicalized. What should we think about moderate Muslims? Part of that is about what's God, what God is doing among moderate Muslims right now is many of them are coming to Christ because they're seeing this awful face of radical Islam and they're, they're questioning in a healthy way and finding Christ. But then we move on from there and we say, how can we apply the scripture in light of these difficulties? Will we hate and fear Muslims to the point where we will no longer go to reach them as missionaries? Are we going to raise up the next generation of Americans only to fight militarily against radical Islam? Or will we also raise up the next generation of Americans to be willing to go die to reach them for Christ? Will we reach out to Muslim neighbors around us? Or are we wrapped up in somehow hating and fearing them? Will we rise above this challenge? So I guess I could sum it up this way, is that we give complete accuracy and credit to the difficulty of the challenge, but we show how 
the power of Christ and obedience to his word, we can overcome that challenge if we're willing to walk as Christ did, to pay the price to see uh, the world reach for the gospel. And one of the ways, one of the reasons we know that's true is because we see it in our brothers and sisters in the Middle East now. Uh, tell us about some of the things that God is doing there, because, uh, you know, there. if you watch the evening news, it's terrible, it's bad all the time. Uh, but the reality is, as you mentioned, moderate Muslims are coming to Christ, uh, driven by radical Islam to, to look for something else. What are some of the good news items that are happening in the Middle East? Really, as Muslims can see the true face of their own faith, and they can see their faith play out in all these different ways as Islamists come into power in, in nations, as they make laws, as they become increasingly violent, it just leads all Muslims, most of whom aren't acting out violently, it leads them all to examine their beliefs. And that's always a good process. Muslims would be offended by this, but as Christians, we hold that it's absolutely true that the more that you dig into Islam, the more disappointed you are, because you will not find the truth there. The truth is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so this soul-searching of the entire Muslim community globally has, is being used by God in a very healthy way. It gets people talking. It gets them asking questions. We hear testimony after testimony of Muslims going to their imams, going to their leaders, and asking them, all these good questions, and it leads them to the truth in many cases, so God's using that. I also want to say that it's not only moderate Muslims who are coming to faith. Sometimes the most radical Muslims come to faith in Christ because they've pursued the path of Islam as far as it can go. They said, I'm really going to do this thing. I'm going to follow Muhammad's example by taking up the sword. I'm going to do everything the religious leaders are asking of me, I'm going to do it more than anybody. And at the end of that path, they find that it's false, and then they find the truth in Christ. So those things are absolutely happening, and some of that's happening in the midst of, or you could even say because of, the bad actors among radical Muslims. So it's, it's not what you expect to find, but it's absolutely true that more Muslims are coming to Christ now when Islam is acting out so violently than at any time in the history of missions since the advent of Islam 1,400 years ago. That's the great news that you won't see uh, when you turn on your television, but that is great news. Cole, uh, as we finish up, I want to I want to kind of ask two more questions. Uh, as we look ahead to this year and, and the coming year, what are the things you're excited about uh, on on the international side for Voice of the Martyrs? What are the things that are uh, coming up that people can watch for in the newsletter and, and watch for uh, in the coming months that Voice of the Martyrs is going to do overseas? I'm very excited about our Bibles campaign. We're trying to do a very specific thing with the Bible. We call it a Bible for every believer. And that's the activity of finding our brothers and sisters through the deep relationship we have with them in these most difficult places and realizing that many of them, because of restriction and other things, hostility, um, how f just how far they are from any kind of Christian printing activity, that they don't have a copy of God's Word themselves. 
And so we want to place a copy of God's word into every one of our, the hands of our brothers and sisters in these places, the world's most hostile areas and restricted nations. And we're busy doing that. Last year, we distributed over 1.2 million Bibles in this manner. And every one of those Bibles is such a tremendous achievement or accomplishment. And I'm so passionate about it because I've seen each one of those, many of those faces, you know, the wonderful joy and excitement of the face of our brother and sister when we showed up and were able to give them a copy of God's word in a way that they could understand it, whether that be an audio Bible, a digital Bible, a print Bible, um, a children's Bible. We're focusing on children's resources now more and more. We want to raise up, be a part of raising up the next generation of Christian believers in these difficult places, and that's very exciting. So in an upcoming issue of our newsletter, we're going to talk about this activity of the work of the Bible, and, and it's very exciting. So that's, that's something that's on my heart right now. I want to say that number again in case you missed it. 1.2 million Bibles last year Another, uh, we anticipate that number will only grow as we move into the future. Uh, so think about that. One of the things that amazes me, and, and you mentioned it, many of these people, they don't have a Bible. Uh, they, don't, they don't know a lot about their faith, and yet they withstand persecution and will not give it up. So giving them a Bible is, is strengthening them and encouraging them and blessing them. Uh, last question for you, Cole. How can we pray? Because we always want to equip our listeners to pray. Uh, how can we pray for your team, for the international team that is uh, going to these countries and meeting with these believers and, uh, in many cases, crying with them and encouraging them and praying with them? How can our listeners pray for you and for your team? Well, that's wonderful. We, we simply ask that people pray for us to be faithful and effective servants. That's all we intend. So we intend to go and serve our brothers and sisters well, and by doing so to be a part of what God's doing in our age in these difficult places. And we know that we will be faithful and effective servants if our families are strong, if our health is strong. So all those things count. But more than anything, we hope that people will pray for us that we will serve well and I hope that people will pray as an extension of that, that they will have an opportunity to be a part of what God's doing too. I, I hope that in history it, doesn't, it isn't said to be true that we as American Christians in this very special time in, of God's move in the earth, that we were somehow bystanders or just token contributors, but rather that we took our place with what God's doing and that we feel that it's an honor to do so. Cole Richards is the leader of our international work. Thank you, Cole, for being with us today. Thank you, Todd. Cole mentioned a book and a video that will be coming soon from The Voice of the Martyrs to help you explore what God is doing in the Middle East and how we as Christians should respond to the rise of radical Islam. If you visit vomradio.net, you can sign up to receive The Voice of the Martyrs newsletter. We'll have more information on these projects in the coming months. These are great tools to help you pray effectively, and they're great resources to share with your church family, your pastor, your Sunday school class, or other Christian groups. Thank you for joining us this week on VOM Radio. You can listen to more episodes and share them with your friends at vomradio.net. 
We'd love to hear your feedback. You can contact us via vomradio.net or call our toll-free comment line, 1-800-757-5069. That's 1-800-757-5069. Thank you for being with us. Come back and join us next week on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Mm -hmm.